Hello, everybody. I believe Josie's just this second had a technical problem, and she was just about to say uh, we, we had everything perfect this week. <laughs> Until we just now. Fluffy. Go. What, go. what has she done? Is she uh, back with us? The scene is yours. Oh, my gosh. Hello, oh. everybody. <laughs> oh. Disaster. It's this stream today, guys. It's oh, this dear. stream. Okay, so shall we try that again, but this time without me being a complete and utter noob? Does, does this sound good? Does this sound good? Uh, I don't think so, because yes, I've actually lost half of my screen. So, like, half of my stuff has disappeared. And this okay. is amazing. Oh, uh, well, anyway, welcome to Documentation Not Included, episode 2.1. This is our very first patch episode as we look into the job market and what it's like to be a developer. This today's episode is old school development and burnout. We are joined by Anthony Keenan, which we'll get to in just a second. And thanks for joining us on Twitch. Those of you who listen to this in the future or watch us in the future, listen to us in the podcast, we do hope to see you on Thursdays at some point in time in the future on our Twitch chat where you too can participate, ask questions, uh, pick on us, debate with us, challenge how we see things. 7 p.m. GMT. I am Josie. We have our typical hosts who are the best. We have Chris. Hello. And we have Patrick. Hello. And our special guest, Anthony Keenan. Hello. And so, um, Anthony is a friend of mine. We worked together many, many years ago. And uh, what basically, Anthony, I just want to know what you do these days. Because we, we do keep in touch, but you change jobs every five seconds. I, I lost track. <laughs> Uh, yes, so I mean, I'll just leave it for a second for it to sink in that you've actually got a friend. Um, but, uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> it starts. Um, it starts. It's true, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> so I, I moved down to I moved down to London about five or six years ago. I've had a, a few different jobs since I worked here. I worked at the train line, um, doing train stuff for ages, and uh, I quite like trains. So that was that was I stayed there for a while. Uh, I worked in finance for a bit, and I'm currently working for a. Um, a blockchain company because um, blockchain is, you know, it's the future, isn't it? Blockchain, blockchain, blockchain. Um, so that's why I'm working at the moment. So uh, I've been uh, a Microsoft developer all my life. And my current job has thrown me into being a, a Java developer. Uh, it's a whole new world. I've had to learn Linux. You didn't tell me that. You didn't tell me you were doing Java. <laughs> I know. Oh, why have we got... Um, we... <laughs> I don't want him on the show now. <laughs> Java, well... Secrets of jo game development. Jo Java and Kotlin, so so yeah, so so it's a, it's so the past year I've had to sort of relearn everything. Um, yeah, so oh, it's been quite quite exciting. Yeah, but the, the thing is, it'll give you a good grounding, though. It'll give it'll allow you to um, approach things in different ways and and give you more. You know, the more tools that we have as developers, let's face it, the better we are as developers. We can make better decisions. Absolutely, and and it's been really it's been really interesting uh, going from sort of working on .NET, which is traditionally quite closed source to, um although yeah, i know there are a lot more open source projects but not whereas in java everything's you know open source uh you know contributing to people's you know fixing bugs in other people's uh projects and stuff like that as i find them and it's been quite a nice feeling you know somebody that you know from three four thousand miles away going oh yes thank you very much for your help and yeah yeah so Okay, so um, we'll we'll get into the meat of the bone. Uh, the meat of the bones. Is it the bones of the meat? The, the, meat the bones, bones of the meat. I like that. Although yeah, I have to say, you said I like trains, and as someone who has been around the internet for a while, I was just waiting for the ASDF train <laughs> to just come and smack one of us. Um, and Need if you don't, board. we uh, no, we don't. Good God, no! Can you imagine? <laughs> I, if you're unfamiliar with ASDF and the I like trains kind of a thing, I will have to get a link into chat at some point and share. It's gone over my head. I think I'm going to be the yeah. old man here, aren't I, that just doesn't understand anything modern and anything, any to memes. Be fair, the, the ASDF movies are the peak of the random internet culture. I mean, there's there like, what, one recently. 2004, I mean, but there were, the, the trains was from like 2004, right? And in terms of modern, in terms of modern internet culture, we're talking like ancient history, sort of. <laughs> oh, if you want to go ancient history, we could go old school Joe cartoon. Oh, I mean, after all, that's the topic of, <laughs> of today, right? The old school. Well, we are definitely doing old school. <laughs> Absolutely. For those of you who are here watching us and or watching us in the future on our YouTube channel, you'll probably notice that we have a really interesting thing happening with Anthony. He is a ventriloquist. 
He is completely and utterly unable to move, yet he is completely and utterly able to talk. He's psychically projecting his thoughts into the microphone, and just in case you're wondering, that is why his face is as glorious as it is. It's magic. See, I, I just assumed that he was just AI, and, you know, AI yeah. generated... Uh... I actually <laughs> completely forgot about the technical issue. I've been staring at his face this entire time. That is the face that he pulls most of the time when he's around me in person, so I forgot. Um, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's jump into our icebreaker question. So each week, what we do is we ask a question that has absolutely nothing to do with programming, development, coding, or even IT. And we use it to get to know each other a little bit better. Today's question. The zombie apocalypse has happened. You get one person who can join you on your team to survive. Who do you pick and why? Guest first, I think. <laughs> well, that's unfair. Uh, oh, there's gonna be apocalypse. Um, mm -hmm. Ooh, well, I, I'm quite weak, so I reckon it'd have to be somebody quite hard to protect me, because uh, I, I could do the sort of the, the the thinking bit of surviving. So, so probably I, I think I'd probably go for Chuck Norris. Oh, that um, was the thing that I think that would everyone's be, uh, head first straight away. Come on. Well, <laughs> well, you, you know. Or, you know, somebody hard, really. Oh, I know. No, I take that back. I tell you, I'd have Sean Bean every day. Sean <laughs> Bean. Bean. Isn't he the one it, who always dies? He zombies. Die? Yeah, he does always die as well. But yeah, not yeah. by zombies. He's, he's, so, he's so amazing. He up zombies. No, Fuck yeah. off. See, I would probably go for... Uh, <laughs> I would go for a Donald Trump. Because either he has his secret service with him... Or if he's not, then I'm pretty sure I can outrun the motherfucker and at least he can, can serve as a, yeah. as a bait, right? Absolutely. So it's win-win it's in every single situation. And, that, and also, the other benefit is I can also offend literally everyone regardless of their political ideology. Mm. Well, there you go. That's a Patrick Troll comment. <laughs> something I come to expect. What about you, Chris? Well, if I wasn't me, I'd say me. Ooh, <laughs> I, Mr. Uh, my, Perfect. My, my wife's a, a massive zombie fan. She was once the zombie queen of the town we live in, and she did a zombie walk, and she's watched Dawn of the Dead a billion times, and she's been to conventions and all kinds of stuff, so I'm surrounded by zombies constantly. Plus, I'm currently playing Seven Days to Die to, to death. I am a bit... I enjoy surviving in games, and I also, when I was a child, used to love absolutely love camping wild camping with no provisions literally you've got well it's apart from a tent you'd have a tent and then everything else cooking firewood catching fish you know that kind of thing i used to do that with my dad so i'm, I'm quite a survivalist myself no if toilet I, roll sorry no toilet roll um <laughs> there has been occasions where we haven't had toilet roll but we did camp uh, i said in a wild wow. place up in scotland um where it was it was nearish civilization um and it was near my granddad as well so if we if we needed the loo we could go on uh, we could go 15 miles for it but otherwise yes we did we did get wild everything but um <laughs> oh, it'd be difficult to say with someone else because i'm not sure i trust anybody else in a zombie apocalypse hmm i think i'd be a lone lone wolf and you josie that's it's me it's exceptionally simple i'd bring my husband oh my wife would say the same Oh, it's, it's, I'm, an, I'm a complete and utter sap. One, this man knows how to do weird things with gadgets, tools, and other things. So he's exceptionally intelligent, incredibly resourceful. I know he would be very protective. He's an amazing cook. So I know I'd be well fed. <laughs> but if something happened, I'd go out with a guy I love. So I'd be quite happy. <laughs> I'm a sap. No, you're not. That's perfect. It's a perfect answer. Oh, wait until he watches the show and then walks over and goes, why didn't you pick The Rock? He could have <laughs> totally saved you with his eyebrows. He looked safe with his eyebrows, yeah. <laughs> sure. I can't do that. That's okay. Hmm. See, I mean, if we will go for, like, um, semi-fictional people, because, you know, The Rock, guy's an actor. Like, he's not gonna do much, right? But if you could get, imagine if you could get yourself uh, Dr. Frankenstein. Like he, he could he could just take the zombies and make his own zombies and now you have an army to defend yourself. I mean foolproof plan. 
Mm. Seen lots of zombie films. We could go on about this forever. This is what we're talking about. It's a zombie show. apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, so let's actually get back to the topic. So old school development and burnout. And first I would want I wanted to tackle uh, to tackle the first first part sort of of the because why why could why did we smash two really interesting topics? I don't even know what I want to talk about because both of them are great. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so yeah, uh, here's my question because I started programming when I got internet. So Stack Overflow was always there for me. How was it to develop without Google, without Stack Overflow? How is it even possible when you cannot Google your errors? Anthony's at least 10 years my senior, so he should uh, answer <laughs> this first. Um, well, I, I think I'm pretty sure there was Google when I started development. Um, but uh, we used to have this thing uh, called, when I started development, it's called a manual. A book, and then all, 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 yeah, it was, and like all the commands were in there, and then the, then they, they had like descriptions about like what the command would do and what sort of errors it would throw and that that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, and and obviously, obviously in reality, the manual was was crap, and uh, all the documentation was out of date, and it never worked. Yeah, like that. Yeah, sometimes thicker. Um, bookmark. I don't, I, I don't know little things. You don't. You don't. You know. That's what an actual bookmark looks like. Oh come on! Come on! I know what the book is. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, so, sometimes it was difficult. Uh, you, you know, there it was um, a, a lot of stuff wasn't documented, and sometimes you just get stuck or have to go to a third party vendor and buy some ridiculously expensive component that did the thing that you did because you couldn't work out how to do it. Um, so you know, it, it, the fact that twenty years later, every question about development that could ever possibly be asked has been asked and answered. It makes things a lot easier. To an extent, we've we've there's still. I mean, there's always new, mm. and this is another thing we're going to be talking about tonight. Is is the, there's always new languages and always new frameworks and always new ways to do the same thing. Oh, don't get me started. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I what my my experience of development when I first started, at least, was um, learning off people. Yes, I did have two. I had two rocks books um, to teach me classic ASP and VB6. Um, and it was it was already on version three of Classic ASP by the time I got round to uh, getting into development. Um, but yeah, it was books and actually speaking to my colleagues. I mean, that was a that was a thing back then. We used to we used to communicate. And and well, I love that it's used to. We we don't we don't communicate anymore as developers, as you've seen from our previous shows. I, what I find kind of comical is I think I'm actually the oldest person here. And I, I started I when I was like guess, around Jason. eight. Oh, I'm over forty, babe. I'm I'm old. <laughs> I've just turned thirty, so. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I am obviously the oldest person here, and I, I started back when, uh, like the majority of the stuff that you were learning wasn't, you know, let's take this variable and do something. It was literally writing out every single step. You know, your typical. 10 go-tos and, you know, return and print and all that other stuff. So prior to prior to me having these books that you just made me think then, I used to play around with Commodore 64s. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. I had absolutely no clue, but I was just copying things out of magazines and speaking to yep. friends who were very geeky, who were quite a bit older than me, but were really into computers, mm. you know, the early computers. Don't, don't switch the computer off, Mum. Don't switch the computer off. <laughs> yeah. Oh lose my like God. 64 kilobits of program. <laughs> now, for me, um, the the concept and the idea of the old school development and all of that stuff, it, it, it comes down, going back to what you said, Chris, about, you know, you can look things up now. And Anthony, as you said, you've probably done programming being, being able to look up things and how answers are out there. I have a problem with a lot of the answers that are out there for things. I do. And while I appreciate places like Stack Exchange for having a place where people can express uh, their questions, my biggest problem with it is the solution isn't always respectful to the current either framework, situation, coding methodologies, um, you know, best practices and things like that. And you're not always going to find what you're looking for. Or if you do find it, there can be uh seven or eight different ways to do the exact same thing yeah. and the explanation for why you want to use one over another 
isn't clear because places like Stack Overflow tend to be very Taylor-specific questions. It's not when's the best time to use a, a while loop, well, you know, or a for loop, or a do while, or in this particular language, in this particular thing. All of those basic things aren't really explained. And if you go to look them up, each language has different structures. Like, when's the best time to use the right type of search? Or, like, there's so much to it. And I feel that while the information's at our fingertips, it kind of feels lost in this muddled mess of mud. I, I, Old school see, mud I, gaming. Yay! I, I've always found that that's what the, the sort of extra step is from sort of, you know, messing around with code to being a developer. is be able to basically sift through the Stack Overflow answers and understand what you actually need to do. Yeah. If you know what I mean, um, I mean that that in um, itself is a skill. I mean, people at work joke about true. programming by Stack Overflow, and you know, I think it went down a couple of days ago, and everybody was laughing. It was like, mm. "Oh God, we'll, we'll have to go home." Um, but um, you're right, Stack Overflow itself is not that they're just moments in time, specific questions about specific things. And, oh, no, and although no, I said no, earlier, you both said that now. Sorry, I'm going to have to stop you there. You've oh, both well. said that now, and that isn't the case. It's a community um, wiki. Stack Overflow, and it does get updated with answers if they outdate and people notice. But that's, I think that's the key. it's a community thing, though, isn't it? And that's again and, where and yeah, on. and it's 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 not it's not it's not always up to date. Um, no, but if you're copying and pasting code, then you're not a pro, you're not a, a developer. You're a, yeah. a, a hacker Absolutely. or a you know somebody who's who's just. I think, throwing stuff I think together. more more my point was going back to what I said before about every question that has ever needed has been answered, and, and actually that's completely wrong. That you know that you never find the question in quite the way that you've got the problem. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. what Josie was talking about about needing yeah. six or seven answers to piece together to get your actual answer. And it still amazes me after all this time that um that still you know. That nobody, the amount of times you create a question in, and it's never quite the same question that's been asked in that way, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and yeah. I would make a correction, like when uh, I think you just said that mark of a developer is being able to sh uh, search through the Stark Overflow and find the appropriate thing. I would say it, the mark of developer is finding the closest uh, because there is always investment of like how much time you want to spend searching versus and optimizing your search results versus what about just taking something that sort of is about what you're trying to do and then tweak it, correct it, trim it here and there, take the part that you need and discard the rest and um, That's optimize. what I do though. I, I, I don't just take code and paste, copy and paste. There's never been an instance where that is, but usually the top answer on Stack Overflow for whatever I'm looking for covers what I need it to cover. How, however, the last maybe five, six questions that I've posted on Stack Overflow have been so out there and so specific to a particular use case or a particular version of a particular framework's bug that nobody's known the answer. And I've had to work it out myself. And sometimes just writing it out helps, if you know what I mean, just writing a big post. Yeah, I've noticed that if I cannot... Yeah, if, if I cannot find if I cannot find an answer to a question I'm looking for, then I just don't even bother asking it because I'm assuming no one has asked that before. And that happened literally once or twice in the last six years that I've, that I've been doing uh, development. And if each and every single time it, it, it became this sort of multi-week endeavor that I fe felt like a king on the wall, of the world once I dealt with that. Hmm. There is nothing like that adrenaline and endorphin and dopamine rush that hits when you solve something. Oh, My yeah. problem is that it usually strikes me at like 3 a.m. I'm bolting <laughs> upright in bed going, oh! and then I have to immediately get up and test it. But you know, that's just me. Notepad uh, by your bed. Best thing ever. Hmm. Never good enough. Never no, I, good I, enough. I don't really have that myself. I, I, I'm usually, if I think about it, I'll remember it for the morning and I'm not, I'm not urgent enough to, I don't need to get it done now. I get too excited. Know. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. It's like, oh, finally, I'll figure that out. I mean, the, I can count on one hand the, the amount of times I've been really, really stuck in the last, well, my entire career probably. When I was a junior, it was different. When we were, when I was looking at books and reading through white pages and, and, um, looking at MSDN for specifics about how classes work and properties and methods and all that kind of stuff. That was really confusing as a junior. I didn't understand that documentation whatsoever. I couldn't figure out, I didn't, I didn't understand half the words they were using to describe the 
you know, describe the class. I didn't know what serialization was for ages. I didn't, I didn't understand the word. It just, I just assumed I'm not good enough to, to learn that. And then if eventually a penny drops and you get to a point where most of the things that you need to develop are there, you know, the basic information, and then you are just disseminating the information into chunks that make sense for what you're doing. Um, as I said, it's very rare that I look on Stack Overflow and I have to use more than the top one or two answers. Sometimes the top answer's got loads of votes and it's completely irrelevant, but four or five down, no votes, and it's exactly what I need. Yeah, I can see that. And I've got something for you, Anthony, that just kind of struck me. Because you made mention of the fact that you've uh, you've made transitions in your life. You're You're now doing Java. Nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> As I glare at my hosts. <laughs> Everything Anthony does is to be ashamed of. Yes. Yeah, I remember when I learned Java, and that 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 is a whole can of craziness unto itself. But you I said you recently learned Java. I know, I know hating on Java. Oh, that's good. Uh, it's got problems, but I can pretty much point to problems in every language. Anyway, for you, Anthony, since you've uh, just recently started getting into Java and recent being relative, what is it like for you? having had an entire background doing other types of coding and then in this day and age learning something like java is that have you found it easier is it more difficult are you basically wanting to rail and rant and rave at the world <laughs> it's, it's it's like programming with boxing gloves on you know after, after sort of 15 years of, of programming in c sharp somebody asks you to do something you're like oh yeah i need one of them and i need one of them and i'll stick that package in there and i'll do that and i'll shove that whack it over there and off you go and then when i started you know working it's, it's it's a whole new ecosystem so you know that the build system's different all the pack you know if you want a collection so where do you find the collections what packages the collection oh everybody uses this google commons you know thingamajig for the collections and everybody knows that do you not know that no i don't know that and just learning little things like that from scratch means that the simplest jobs were taking me you know a, a week and a half to do um but it's actually been really nice to go back and um and uh, and learn something new for a change. So I, I found that I was sort of doing the same old sort of you know, crawled you know bit of a REST mm -hmm. app type application over and over again, uh, and doing a crud type REST app application in a different language is, is really exciting. I did the same <laughs> with um, NPM uh, with Node myself. I, had all, I I I haven't needed Node for anything commercial that I've done, but I, apart from NPM for front end stuff, but. Um, I looked at Node as a back-end server and looked through the whole ecosystem and tried to figure out how to write an API in it because it was something I didn't I didn't know. And I wanted to write a home um, automation system. So I started writing it on one of my Raspberry Pis because it was the only Linux box that I had at the time. Uh, and it's still on there, I think. I think I created a Git repo and never actually pushed it, but <laughs> it's probably been wiped by some speaker or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was just curious because you, I mean, as Patrick asked at the start, I mean, there was this time where if you really needed to find something, you should have read the book. I mean, O'Reilly's Bibles are things that you see on people's desks all the time um, for languages or frameworks or whatever. There's see, also the dummy guides. The dummy guide. People knock the dummy guides, you know, the dummy guide to whatever. There's some interesting things in those books, just saying. But... I've, I've read a few of them. Um, um, for PowerShell, I think I, I picked up a dummy guide for PowerShell, and it was actually really good to give me the fundamentals, you know? Mm. What the PowerShell is, an awful language, and if you ever have to write it, you have to rip out your own eyes. Have you have you ever written a Bash script? Yes, I have, yes. And you prefer that over PowerShell? Uh, actually, yes. Oh, my lord. PowerShell just feels really bad. Anyway, that was, I, I, there was something else I was going to say. I forgot what it was now, but it was extremely enlightening and insightful. Oh, well, I'll come back to it if I think about it. Although, that was it. This might be controversial. Uh, I have never read a book about computing. What do you mean? I don't know how that... How, I've never read a book. I've never read an O'Reilly book. I've never read a dummy's book. The thought oh, right. of reading a book about writing programs just makes me fall asleep. And I've never do, done it. Absolutely. I only read books with dragons or magicking. Yep. Have you, you read books about dragons? You're a good man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do you read blog posts? Uh, I scan blog posts if a Google search result says it might have some information that I need in, but I very rarely, you know, actively seek out blog posts to read just for the sake of it. I mean, I do do occasionally. And um, we get quite a few sent out about work, uh, you know, about like, you no know, blockchain, 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 um, uh, which I do occasionally, but yeah, that's that's about the limit, I think. 
do you use the documentation inside of like how? how i'd love to know how your learning process works I, now. so i my i've only ever really been able to learn by by doing so i have to sort of write an application get stuck find the answer and then just understand why what it is you know is broken is broken and and sort of go back and just debug it line by line and just understand what each sort of bit is doing um and until i do that i can't get it stuck in my head um I so you know you, and I, you know like, i've tried reading bits of computer books it just it doesn't doesn't stick in it doesn't make any sense to me it, it doesn't i actually do it okay you you guys you guys are smiling as if what anthony is saying is something out of this world and now i'm getting self-conscious because this is also i, think, I am learning i think josie <laughs> josie might be smiling at me smiling at anthony to be fair <laughs> you know, no see the reason uh, uh, the, the background behind why i'm reason is this no the background behind why i'm smiling is because i've been around for a long time so i have been in the situation where the only way you could learn was at a teacher's foot because that's the only time you actually had access to computers because they were not a common thing yeah. in your house i have been around where you were given books that explained basic understandings of things like classes methods functions variables i've read those books because that's a part of what i had to do for school and that's part of how i learned i have also learned by picking up a really cool looking o'reilly book going huh this is something i'm interested in what is this really about but i've also learned by sitting there building and having no clue whatsoever what i was doing and going i want this to do this now how do i make it do it why isn't this working? Why isn't this doing what I would expect it to do? Is it because I'm expecting something that's not in the framework or am I expecting something that this thing and I'm just looking at it wrong or pulling on the wrong whatever is to make it happen? So I've, I've been through the whole spectrum of all of those different things. So to me, I find it funny because to me, all of them are viable options. So with Anthony going, this is the only way I can do it, and boom, that is the way it is. End of the story. It makes me smile. Well, that's that's basically I, what I, I was mean, laughing at. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm, I'm sure different things work for different people. I mean, obviously they, they do. do, but that that is the only way that's worked for me, you know, and it just yeah. it just has. I've tried different things over the years, and, it, you know. Well, the thing, um, the interesting it, thing there is, though, is, is I, know, I know, Anthony, that you're a fairly academic person, and you've done degrees and, and this and that I haven't and I couldn't ever see myself doing that you said that you enjoyed that I did I did and I never read a book for my degree <laughs> what so so I so I base I, how I did my degree is I so I, I did my degrees with the well I did a couple of my degrees with the Open University uh, I did one uh, my, did my master's at, at Lancaster but the Open University degrees they give you the manual they, they give you the textbooks but I, I would pick up the assignment and I would start at the first question and I would go, right, what is this? And then I would flick through the books and learn little bits until I understood what the question was. And that is the way that it, and it's essentially exactly the same way that I learned programming. Right. Um, and, and that's how I did it all, which makes you very, very good at answering questions. Whether you learn the material properly, I don't know. But I, I got a degree. So, uh... <laughs> so you're not as clever as I thought you were, basically. That's, uh, that's basically, no, no, what it comes down to is Anthony already said exactly what he is. He is a boxer of coding. And programming. That's the way he, he doesn't come at it with a scalpel. He comes at it with a big old box and gloves and just goes, you will do what I want you <laughs> to do. That <laughs> Whereas, I mean, I, I approach things. I'm not academic in the slightest. I, I approach things. I don't look at books very often. Yes, I do own a few. I've got, I said this is a, a gang of four design patterns, which is a, a particularly good design pattern book. It's not C sharp related or anything like that, but it's about design patterns in programming, which has mm. helped me a lot when I've made decisions. I don't know everything in there. There's God knows how much information in there that I don't know, but it's beside the point. That's one of maybe three books that I own now. Previously, when I was very young, that was all I knew. I didn't, there wasn't really, I mean, there was an internet, but again, I didn't have, when I first started, I didn't have access to a home computer. I didn't have access to a, um, the internet really for a good while anyway, uh, after it mm -hmm. came out. And the way that I teach myself is I look at a problem Actually, no, you know what? The way I teach myself is I think up a project like the new DNI stream website. I might write that in React, you know, if the next version, because I want to learn React. That's how I learn. I don't learn, I learn what I need when I need, like Anthony, but I don't yeah. specifically learn in a particular way. I don't know. I'm, I'm it's, kind of rambling it's a, a bit. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting to me. You know, like I said, I, I come from different 
the, my depending on what you ask me, whichever language I'm talking about, I've learned it in a particular way. But for me, what I find interesting is that is the way we're all talking about the programming right now, including you, Patrick. So don't worry, you're not left out. You mm -hmm. you go to build something and then you try to solve the problem, regardless of whatever the problem is. The problem is this is not writing a file that I'm expecting to write to a disk. Why? The, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, you then try to fix it. Now, as someone who came from a formal education, there is one thing I will say I value from that entire programming background in school that I don't know if you can get outside the world, outside of the world of education. And that is how to think of a good project. Because we can all sit here and go, you know what? And this, this, this is actually something that's happened recently um, within the DNI team. You know, we're going to be a podcast. So for those of you listening in future, hi. Um, but we're going to be a podcast. So we were trying to figure out how we wanted to do things. And if we wanted to, we could completely build our own podcasting solution. We could do all kinds of things. We can think all of those ideas out. We could, if we wanted to, have a game that we've never seen or an app that doesn't exist that we need to perform a certain functionality. But if I hadn't had the formal education where they teach you by project development from this is what you're going to have the end result for, this is how you break it down into manageable components. Of course, project management classes also helped with understanding all that along with enterprise management and all those things. But it, it actually taught me how to take just the simplest concept and idea and prevent myself from burning out because I know how to structure it out. It also taught me, you know, how to take an idea and go, what's the realistic methodology behind this? How feasible is it? Can this really do X, Y, or Z? Or can you really dedicate your life to this one little thing? It's actually helped me because of the way they structure the books and at least the educational platform I was in. I mean, so I'm I, curious, do you guys have that kind of thing I, I, or did you have to learn it at the feet of others? One of the things that I, I really took from my degree, I realized wasn't actually how to program because I, because I actually did my degree uh, as a mature student. So I, I was already working as a programmer. But what I took from it was exactly like I said, the, the structure and the critical thinking, and especially when I did my master's, which there was hardly any programming at all in it. It was all about research, you know, evaluating options and that sort of stuff. And it, and yeah. it, it sounds like common sense, but it's just sort of formalizing a bit and going through the process actually is, is something I, I, I probably, you know, I've used all the time when designing systems and that sort of stuff. So I, 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 I get where you're coming from there. So what about I've, you, Chris? I've Patrick. learned by osmosis, I think. I've, um, my, because I'm because I'm generally a contractor, a, a dirty contractor that's in Ooh. a business and then out of a business within. Hey, three, I'm a contractor too. Ooh. We're not. We're not. <laughs> so we're not that, sure. I mean, there is there is there is actually a whole show that we could do on contracting and what why it's useful and what oh, it is and and it's why it's a, also it's also frowned on. And oh, absolutely. And, and it, honestly, I've got lots of opinions on that, and we should definitely do that. I think. Um, I think it'll, it'll be fun because you know I've done also like five years of contracting. That's how I started. Like, yeah, and it's my day job is a new thing for me having a day job. So. Yeah, and contracting is different in different countries, and it's also dealt with differently. Oh, anyway, yeah. we're going too far out, out of the the scope here, but let's definitely do that. Um, that I learn by osmosis. If I want to um, pick up a new skill, I'll either I'll either teach myself via a project, or I will if I'm working with somebody who has that skill, kind of not not latch onto them, but learn while I'm with them. And that's a thing with the development anyway, learning by osmosis. If you're in a team of people, you do generally gather shared skills. Um, because I'm alone most of the time these days, because I choose to work at home, because I choose to get clients that don't necessarily have big teams like I used to. Um, and these days I have to actively learn. I have to actively go, this need, I need to pick this new this new pattern up. This is this something. This is something that's emerging. Um, a good example is Docker. I never thought I'd probably get into that side of things, the build management, etc. But I now have to. I now I'm more than competent with it and, and can put a solution together using it and Kubernetes and things like that. But that's because I've had to. I actually really like it as well. But uh, it's, a, it's it's an interesting thing because um, for me. Uh, we, we were talking about like learning management and project uh, organization. And this is something that I've learned through a lot of practice, pain and cost. Like that was 
very costly lesson to me, both in terms of uh, monetary and in terms of, of of mental health. And this is this is something that you that you just don't really learn in high school. And when you open a company right after high school and you start freelancing, you may go really well for you know, a few years while your energy lasts, but then you start burning out and then problems start. And basically I have to power through a lot of shit to learn that, yeah, there are, there are some things like, you know, like working until 6 a.m. Uh, it's really not a good idea and in the long term, not even productive. But, you know, that, that's, that's the thing that you just don't know when you're a young guy and, you know, you have energy enough to stay awake for five days straight and then also run a marathon. Um, well, it's, it's, see, it's interesting you say that because besides being a fantastic segue into talking about burnout because you are awesome, um, it, there's also the concept of fatigue, you know, in, and I don't mean that in the, oh, wow, I've been tired or busy. I'm really tired. I've spent like a lot of a energy. Task I mean, it, task Same fatigue enough? or language fatigue even or project fatigue framework um fatigue, frame fatigue. oh framework fatigue <laughs> something we covered in our very first official episode with um jay when we're talking about javascript fatigue is such a, a thing and i i think it's a really good idea for us to talk about burnout uh, easy question how many of you have experienced burnout absolutely I, I, I i've got my hand up <laughs> <laughs> you have mentally raised your hand. You know what you need to do when you go to put this on YouTube? You must put like one of those emoji wavy hands next to his head when he says, I've got my hand up, just so that we can have mask, that. Mask out a racing card, a hand out of the frame, but like Take really badly. Yeah, <laughs> something. But um, yeah, so we have all experienced burnout. And I, I, as someone who's been around longer than you all young pups and you young whippersnappers, <laughs> I've experienced a lot of different types of burnout when it comes to everything. So when's the last time you experienced burnout and what do you feel was the contributing factor for it? And I'm not necessarily asking for us to go into a psychoanalyzation of your life. I mean, more or less in the programming world, in the development world itself. So, um, go oh, on, can, I, can I go? Is yep. that right? Um, uh, maybe. So... <laughs> um, so, so I, I was feeling some really heavy burnout at the end of my last job. Where now, so I, I started. I really enjoyed it because I really enjoyed the people, um, and then the, a few of the people that I enjoyed working with left. So, and, and the people that I was working with were, were great, but I realised that actually the work was boring and made me want to kill myself. <laughs> and it, and the, the work wasn't boring, and and the, you can't always be doing new exciting stuff all the time. But I, 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 re I really thought. I just, I just really half-heartedly doing stuff every day, and um, and I was like, you know, I'm not enjoying this. Added on to the fact that being in London, you know, the commute's ridiculous, and you spend like most of your life on the train. You can't do anything in the evening because you get home, and you're knackered, and you know. And so I, I, I really, I really was just sort of, I've had enough. Um, and I, I was going to sort of move back to Blackpool, uh, move back to you know where Chris lives, out back into the, uh, in, into the provinces. But um, up to north, <laughs> up to but, north, or however they say it. Oh yeah, up north. Um, but um, but yeah, I decided to take one last job and like stay for a couple more years, learn learn something new, and it, it actually has um, re re uh, invigorated my uh, enjoyment of programming a bit. Actually, I, I have quite enjoyed it. Um, and the other pro problem, burnout wise, is that um, I've been suffering really badly from RSI, and so. It's made it extra frustrating because there's loads of stuff that I want to learn, and mm. I, 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 I've got to ration my my hand time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm going to ration my computer time, my phone time, um, which is also really frustrating. So um, I, I've genuinely like had a sat down and had a talk with myself over the past sort of couple of years and said, yeah, "Do I even want to be a programmer anymore? Mm. Should, I, do I, mm. should I get a burger van and go and do? You know, should I should I go and be a, tra a train conductor? I'd mentioning trains again, but just a completely random example." You know, or or something like that. Um, but it's a, you know, it's a difficult one. It is, and and I appreciate that. I've I've done the same similar kind of thing from more of a self-employed perspective. I thought, oh, shall I shall I open a cycling cafe? Shall I um, I don't know, open a sandwich shop around the corner? You know, any something different from what I do because you do get not necessarily bored, but you've mentioned it earlier. 
Um, for those who are listening who don't know what the acronym stands for, CRUD, it's uh, Create, Read, Update, Delete, which is just generally things that we do on a database or in a data store or some description as a programmer. So that's where data CRUD is. CRUD comes from. Yeah, created. Um, so the, essentially, my job is very CRUD based as well. When I, I write APIs, I, I, I do that. But I am actively stretching out for different clients that do different things. So I don't get as bored. And so I don't get as... I, I enjoy full life cycle stuff. I enjoy uh, automating processes. I enjoy uh, creating data structures. I enjoy almost everything within the development life cycle. But normally if you get a permanent job somewhere, you don't have the luxury really, in my experience at least anyway, and do tell me if I'm wrong here, uh, of moving around the, the life cycle. You are essentially siloed into a uh, into a team or into a, a very small section of what the business does because that's what your expertise is. And it's all about, at the end of the day, profit and utilizing your skills to the best that can be used. See, it's interesting that you mentioned it because for me it was completely the opposite. Um, like I also had a burnout and I, I wanted to quit uh, game development, like not only programming games, but doing art for it, like literally anything. I was like, it's just not working out. And and that was because, you know, I kept doing the um, commissions. I kept doing small, like small freelance jobs. And that's what I've been doing for past five years. And my life hasn't really changed. And I saw myself not really getting even better. Like, so, so it was basically like, well, what am I doing with my life? Like, I'm not going ahead. I'm just playing around. Like, is this is going to be my life right now? Like making some small commissions for people here and there till I die. So I was thinking, Jesus, I know, maybe I'm gonna join a company, like, you know, a fuck, uh, close, uh, a freaking... You've already uh, sworn, Patrick, don't worry. Yeah, you have sworn. <laughs> but I'm still trying. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying for a high score of the least amount of swearing in, in a podcast every, every time. Um, so yeah, I was thinking, hey, maybe I'm just gonna get like a standard cushy development job at some corporation where I could just chill and sort of go into my hobbies more. Maybe I could come back to writing, maybe having a stable in that regard, because the instability of having constant project, that was that was the issue for me. In the, that, that was the fatigue. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, as for how to deal with it, because that's a good question, right? How do you deal with that? And I, I, I think have it's, no solution. That's, I, think, I think it's different for each one of us. Yeah. I mean, in my case, <laughs> I just keep looking back going, I'm so old. In my case, I have hit burnout a couple of different times. There was a, a time in my life where I was bleeding edge, push, 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 like proper bleeding edge. And I burned out on that because it does require so much attention to being on top of where everything is at that moment in time to be able to perform a task or to create an app or to do anything. And it it burned me out because I was so stressed trying to go, shoot, I missed that. That happened four weeks ago. Gosh, I need to take care of this thing here. It killed me. Mm. And then I went and I said, you know, I'm going to take something that's, I'm going to get involved in things that have been around for a while and just sort of chill and, and be content in that and know that the bleeding edge is not something I need to shoot for. And I got involved in that. And then I burned out on that because I found myself bored because I, my brain is the type of brain that needs to have a, a serious high level of information flow. Maybe it's because of the way that I started out with everything. I'm used to this influx. Um, and not having that nexus point anymore was horrible for me. So at this current moment in time, I'm not sitting there going, should I be starting a cafe? Although, believe me, that thoughts cross my mind. Um, I sit there and I go, maybe I should just put computers down altogether and write a book that has nothing to do with computers at all. And then I actually tried that and I ended up writing about a hacker and I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I can't get away from computers. What you know. So I realize I have to admit that I have an addiction. My addiction is to learning. Mm -hmm. And if I find myself like right now where I'm at, I'm not bleeding edge not by a long shot. I mean, I a lot of the work I do is in the WordPress community and things like that. So I get to sort of chill while the community does a lot of the stuff. And I'm like, cool, you guys are awesome. You make my job easy. Um, but I also have to constantly keep knowledge in new languages or new structures or, or new something coming in. 
so that I don't burn out. So I balance that out by constantly learning and going, oh, what's this new thing? And then I take a little project and I do something. Or, you know, like with my husband and Mycroft, the thing that he's building. Uh, it's it's just, let's see what happens with this. Ooh, ooh, there's this new thing. Let me see if I can do that on the pie. Let me, ooh, ooh, mm. oh, you know, we've just done this one thing, but we don't have this. Now let me try that. Or, ooh, I wonder if I can do this just a little bit better. So I try to balance out that need. Is it perfect? No. Will I burn out on this? Yes. What will my solution be? I'll probably stream games until I burn out. Once I finish streaming career, I'll probably go back to podcasting. I don't know. I have learned that there is no way to guarantee you cannot burn out. No. There just isn't. I mean, you my, just have to be aware of your warning signs. Mm -hmm. My burnout yeah. came uh, through game dev, actually. I was uh, a few years ago about four or five years ago I actually finished doing it so I stopped doing it so it was longer than that um I was doing a game I was writing an indie game and my burnout was because I had so much to do it was literally I dedicated myself to the game but I also had a full-time enterprise development job which was uh, involved in commuting so every night I'd come home and all I would do would sit on my laptop and work and work and work until tw 11 12 at night until i couldn't work any longer and then i go to bed i get up i'd work on the train on the way to to work and then i would work at work and then i would work <laughs> on the way back and on top of that i also ran a recording studio and also was in two bands and also had sporting hobbies and also all these other things that the way that i dealt with it was i realized damn this is too much chris you, you you're not superman you can't you can't do everything in the world yeah You're but never the thing gonna... is like as long as you keep on doing it it feels amazing oh, it does. Right? Like, it does. Able, yeah. I, I do all those things i'm god and then suddenly one day you notice you're not and you crash and bad in the most horrible I, mine, way I, i'm going to offer one very critical piece of advice yeah. as someone who has been through this multiple times now listen to your body and your, Did you know how half. I found out that I burned out in every single time? I found myself burned out when I could not physically get out of bed. I had no energy. I had, my brain felt like it was cloggy, like it was a cloud. There was, there was nothing I could do to move. I was so tired. I slept consistently. It wasn't depression or anything else like that. It was literally, my body said, you need to stop. It may feel brilliant, but you are paying for it. You see, mine was a gradual so. realization. I didn't really have any physical symptoms or anything. I have actually had physical oh. symptoms in a, a stress-related situation previously. My very, very first job before I worked with Anthony, in fact, um, I was doing everything again. I was the IT manager. I was, what, 16, 17, but it was a small company. I was the IT manager. I was a developer. I was uh, managing the, the graphics guys as well. Also managing an entire sales team, which was about 20 people that were selling the product because the people who were supposed to be doing that were out selling on the road. And because I was a responsible young lad, I was, I've been 40 since I was nine years old, pretty much. It, it's, I, I was given all this responsibility and they, they were paying me a pittance and they didn't raise my... And anyway, it got stressful and I actually started to get um, dermatitis because of it. Since Pay that, attention to your body! Since it's, that day, I have, I have never stressed myself out in any wish for anybody else it's my life and i'll deal with it the way i want to deal with it you know? <laughs> it's my life no, it's it is, my it party is. i'm it, gonna cry if i want to it's, I, no, I, I saw an, i saw a, a great piece of advice today i think it was uh warren buffet and i think he said <laughs> at the at the beginning of the year write down a list of everything it is that you want to achieve all your ideas all your goals and then choose the choose the five that you want to do most and just throw everything else away and it, and it and it's a it, and it, and that is a great way to avoid burnout because you because there's so much stuff mm. especially for like programmers who are always thinking about six billion things I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do everything um, and and actually just to say I, I'm going to concentrate on a couple of things and just do them well uh, is something that I, I've realised that I possibly was trying to do a bit too much and, and, and tried to that's uh, where I was leading what I did is I gave up everything like overnight I gave up everything I sold the re recording studio I I quit one of the bands. The, the band well, the other band was my baby so i wanted to continue with that that actually ended very shortly after anyway, which is kind of a good thing 
Um, and I, I basically did everything apart from my day job. I, I quit everything. And then I kind of reanalyzed myself and real and reprioritized mm -hmm. what I needed to do and thought, right, what do I love when I'm not programming, which I love, what do I love? And the answer was computer games. And that's what I do now. I mean, I go out cycling and I play computer games and I program. That's my life pretty much. And I'm happy with it. <laughs> so well, one, I, of the, one of the, the things that, that I, I sort of realized is um, I, I, I used to quite enjoy programming. I, I used to really enjoy it, but I'm not entirely sure that I do anymore. So one, one of the th things that um, I, I was sort of hoping to do if I move back up north is to get a job not involving programming to hopefully be able to do those projects that I've always, you know, I keep thinking about doing mm. in my spare time and having the, the sort of, you know, getting my programming, doing what I want to do as opposed to, you know, being paid to do it. Yeah. So that's well, a... again, I do, I do that on the side too. I do my own projects to kind of keep me interested in it, I suppose. Mm. Well, now I'm going to say we're going to go into a section of our show called RTFM. And I am purposely pulling an abrupt break on there because there is some things we can go into that. Anthony, you do agree to come back for another show, correct? Uh, I, I, if you'll have me. Obviously. It's a Java problem. But no. <laughs> moving into RTFM. RTFM on our show is all about ranting or raving about something that is getting to us in the development world. And this week, we're doing it a little differently. I'm not going to tell you guys, or ask you guys, I should say, what your RTFM is. Because while speaking with Anthony, while prepping for the show, I have one. Have you ever heard of CV-driven development? Not until uh. I read it in the show notes. <laughs> <clears throat> See, or, it's, it's, a, it's a personal favourite of mine. I'm or resume-driven development. So CV-driven development is the same thing as resume-driven development, depending upon what country you're in. I have a, I have a certain ideas, and all of them are horrible, and <laughs> I'm really hoping this is not the case. I think Go ahead, Anthony. So I found that I worked at a few different companies in London and they, they developers are in short supply and everybody wants them. And it's got to the point where companies are like, come and work for us, use whatever fancy technology, you know, you want, we don't care, you know, write it in a new, and so companies are full of half written projects hmm. in abandoned languages and that people have just done because, um, they want to pad out their CV with, you know, something or other. Um, and then, th then they leave. It's you know, it's unmaintainable. The poor support guys. I, I know. I mean, the support guy you had last week, you'd be having kittens. He's like, I, I can't. You know, we, we're. We, He's probably, we're he probably deals with exactly that situation all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were, you know, at the train line. There were a complete window shop, and then the you know, the architect came in. and He was like, oh, actually, we're going to change everything to RabbitMQ, which which is fine. Uh, but it turns out that that only works on Linux. So we all wrote loads of stuff using RabbitMQ, and then it went. We, we, we sort of sent it, you know, chucked it over the wall to the support people, and we're like, "What? None of us even knows Linux. How are we? Uh, how are we going to spot that?" <laughs> and nobody had thought of it. Um, and then I of course, hear Ed you know, all those people left, and yeah, I, I mean, it's it's and it's it's actually a sort of it's a it's a terrible symptom of there not being enough developers that people are so desperate for developers that they're getting them in and allowing them to sort of go crazy and do whatever they want just costing them more money and needing to get more developers. And it's, it's like this sort of awful cycle. And I yeah, wish businesses would be, a, you know, a bit stronger and just go, look, everything's written in C sharp, write it in C sharp. We deserve apocalypse. Like that's what it is. Humanity had a good run. This, this is the reason <laughs> why we die. This is the reason why we deserve every single horrible shit that's happening to us as a species. Like, I just want you guys to be I, aware of I that. I fully agree that we deserve everything that's coming to us. Maybe not for that reason, but lots of reasons. <laughs> wow, that's a philosophical so, show. That is. But yeah, see, there, oh, there's God. also the, um, the side of it of, um, oh, gosh, to me, it, it's... There's a level of loyalty that seems to get lost in just business in general. They're gone are the days where people used to stay for a company for 20, 30, mm. 50 years before they retired, etc. And the, the corporate culture has changed so much that it's actually invited this kind of CVDD that is a D-Day to apps in some companies. It can actually kill some companies. But yeah. I haven't I haven't experienced it. 
I haven't. I, I understand it. I understand why why it's a thing. But I haven't experienced I people have... go. Usually, I get taken in to go um, either write a completely greenfield project, and these are the kind of the languages that we use internally. Usually, they let me have some leeway on things like packages and you know Guys, uh, open source I, things. I just realized that that literally makes developers viruses because they mm. join up a company, <laughs> hijack it to make a shitty thing that now the company needs to breed more developers to have and have it maintained while those developers leave to other companies and infect them. We are a virus. Yep. We no, are a we're plague. We're a parasite. We're a parasite. <laughs> we latch on with feed our on the teeth host. and we feed on the host until we get what we need and then we find a better host. But that's why us freelancers are better. Right, Chris? <sighs> you see, I've got I've got my own opinions about freelancers, including myself. I'm not as perfect oh as I am. I'm unfortunately not perfect. <laughs> wait, but there's wait, lots of reasons for that. What's wow! So it's only got that recorded. It I, is recorded, I, I, but I'm, I'm going to bleep it out. We need to mark it. Oh, we need to mark it in the calendar. <laughs> but uh... right, so this is the close of our show. I think we uh, are just about running out of time. Mm. So, Anthony, yes. what? Um, have you got? Have, can do, do you do online? I know you've got a Twitter, but do you do? Do Twitter? I do online? Yeah, uh, I, I have a Twitter. Yes. So, do you uh, want to give yourself a little bit of pimpage? See if, if anybody wants to contact you and ask you about Java. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> ask him about dragons. Well, ask I mean, him about dragons. You can ask me about Java. I don't really know that much. I've only been doing it for a year. Um, if you want to ask me about trains, then I will be <laughs> all if, over that. I know you're. you're, you're getting a bit of development fatigue but have you got any things like any cool tools or any anything like that that you're you you can say uh, no I, i'm learning so much of work that i that you know consuming all, all of all of that sort of environment uh is pretty much taking up all of my thought space at the moment just learning <laughs> about all the different um you know cryptography algorithms that are using blockchain and, and all that sort of stuff alongside the um java and, and kotlin um Talk nerdy. Really I'd sad. like to have you on talking about <laughs> blockchain because I know nothing about. I mean, I know I love I'm, cryptography. I know the basic yeah, I mean, structure a... of how it works because I think we've discussed it before, actually. But um, I don't know anything about it really, and it'd be we'll really. We'll do a show. Yeah. We'll we'll do a show on that. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Uh, as a reminder to everyone, you can visit our website, dnistream.live, where you can see uh, soon our previous shows, because we're working on that. You'll be able to get links to our podcast as well, which we're working on finishing. You can also find links to our GitHub repo if you want to get involved or pick on us or you see something weird happening and you want to report it as an issue. We'd love to hear from you. You can also contact us if you would like to be a guest on our show. Come, debate with us. Bring up a topic. Let's dig into it. We want to talk dev and IT. We, we've kind of branched out a little because we cover a lot of topics. And uh, as developers, being okay. aware of a lot of things is kind of cool. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> but, and it, and it, you know, it again, yeah. helps you be a better developer, I think. Absolutely. Uh, Secondment yeah. to other industries, uh, as discussed in our show last week. You can find us on Twitter at DNI Stream, where we post random dev pictures from all kinds of topics, really. I mean, what we don't post, but it's always development related. So I hope that sometimes uh, <laughs> it's not always dev. I think no. I accidentally posted a cat once. I think accidentally. Oh, don't don't give us that line. How dare you? More cats. More cats. Always more cats. Yep. Next week, we come back Thursday, 7 p.m. GMT, at which point in time we're going to be joined by another guest. And this is another one of those where I'm nailing people down for their times. I'm not certain which guest we have, but it will be about something. Yeah. There is, th just to give you an idea of some of the people who I'm trying to nail down, um, <laughs> some of the people are, we're going to be coming on to talk about ethics and development. Some are coming to talk about game dev in general. Some are coming to talk about um, what it's like to have that random idea and then turn it into something profitable. Hmm. What does it really take to do something like that? I need advice on that. Yes, I have a guest specifically for that, actually. Um, but we've got people coming in to talk about all kinds of stuff, and you can join us. Yeah, so, so. Th thanks to Anthony. 
Thank um, you very much for having me. Thank you. And, and I, as much as we may argue, I love you to bits, Anthony. You're one of my favourite people in the world. And as I said to Joseph before the show, we, we can talk for hours, much to the chagrin of people around us for, <laughs> for development and anything geeky, to be fair. Um, so, yes, thank you very much for coming on. Yep. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you very much. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be here again. But yeah. Uh, it's a fond farewell from all of us here at Documentation Not Included. Thank you, Patrick. My Thank pleasure. You, Chris. As always. Thank you, Josie. <laughs> Thanking <laughs> myself. Why not? And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye-bye.